Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The World As It Is Today. We're in a new location. We're coming to you from a new location, which is really interesting. We're in our dining room instead of our trusty old basement. Basement bunker. Uh, just, you know, to accommodate children. Here we are in our kitchen, dining room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, don't have a plan for what we're going to talk about today, if you could not tell by <laughs> the hesitations. Um, but I did want to take a second just to remind everybody that I have some online workshops coming up. May 15th is fermentation for food preservation. That's like your intro course to everything fermented vegetables, food safety, and all of that stuff. If you listen to the last episode with Reality Czars, which was great, um, we ha- I had like a seven-minute intro talking about that workshop. So... If you haven't heard it, go listen to that episode if you want to know more, or go to my YouTube channel, Preserving Today, and you can check out my last video, which is all about that uh, workshop. And then on June 5th, I'm going to be doing fermented beverages. So getting started with fermented beverages, we'll cover uh, beet kvass, fruit kvass, tapache, uh, water kefir, and ginger bugs, ginger beer, and kombucha. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Well, you're lucky because I'm doing a lot of experimenting right now and you're the guinea pig. Hey, I'm into it. So currently on the counter is strawberry kvass. That's probably got two more days because it's not very warm in here. It's so hard to wait two more days because it smells so, so good. Yeah, and I've upped my game a little bit since last summer. So we're going to bottle it in the swing top bottles and see if we can get some good carbonation. And then I've got some uh, herbal root beer. So this is like medicine. This root beer will be like medicine. Yeah. It's got so much good stuff in there. There's dandelion root and licorice and yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to beat the hell out of those bottles of root beer that I buy once a year or so. That I keep a case of in the in the basement. Oh, for is it sarsaparilla? It's sarsaparilla. Yeah, right. Which is the same. It's just a... I bet there's not even sarsaparilla root in oh, it. No. It's just, you know freaking carbonated sugar water that's yeah, but supposed it, to be more fancy than A&W or whatever. And it is. It tastes better, but it still is taste. It's a soda. Whereas when I drink these fermented sodas, they're not syrupy and they don't leave me like jittery or feeling yucky from having too much sugar because the probiotics, the yeast and stuff eat the sugar. Mm-hmm. So part of the fermentation prop- process is lowering the sugar while it still maintains a lot of the sweetness. Which we, we buy those... Um, like mushroom root beer. Oh yeah, it's from, uh, from time it's to time. from the GT Kombucha Company. GT's Kombucha. Yeah, yeah they have those um, adaptogenic mushroom root beers now, and they're actually really good. They're I, delicious. I like them. I, if they weren't like seven hundred and fifty dollars a bottle, <laughs> I think it's like four dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, then I might drink them more regularly. But I also don't. I'd prefer to drink something out of a swing top bottle than you know from a grocery store bottle with the well, yeah. and all that. <clears throat> Something we made and we really know how it was how it came to be. Yeah. Instead of having to trust the label. Like GT's kombucha is pretty good, pretty good size company. And I know at one point there was a lot of integrity in it, but who knows like how they're making stuff now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean the key is is when I go through the Arby's drive through, I wanna <laughs> I wanna get back and eat my Arby's with a with a delicious homemade fermented <laughs> soda. <laughs> That is such a weird idea. 
Uh, blame it on OBDM. Yeah, I know. Seed my brain with Arby's thoughts. Pretty much like every day you have some kind of fast food information (laughs) to give me. I really, I really enjoy it. Uh, well, um, like you said, we don't really have a subject for today. Uh, but, um, you know, I think if we just start talking and we'll be interesting enough, uh, how about this for a subject? Sure. I'll, I'll talk about, and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the hobby not only of mine but of many people listening and you as well. Although due to the nature of you not working for for demand anywhere, you don't see as many people. And that is my little hobby of trying to, how would I put it? I don't want to say red pill, but trying to introduce the concept of conspiracies to people who have never thought about them. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Yeah. So I do that all the time at my day job, which, um, you know, I see the same people, but it's always different people. It's kind of like on a weird, I work a different schedule than anyone else. And I see different people each day of the week and depending on what time I'm in, in there and whatnot. But I do see the same people over and over again. So... It's important to me to not just be, quote unquote, that crazy guy that nobody wants to listen to. It seems like that would be a lot of work for you to not be that crazy guy. Like that would be, that's why you're so tired when you come home from work. That's it. That's how that place steals my luche. I spend all day just telling people about all these conspiracies and no, no, it's not like that at all. I mean, I spend... 90% 90% of my time with a headphone in and listening to podcasts when I'm working. But I get these opportunities to hang out with these typically younger guys, um, sometimes older than me, but almost always closer to the age of 20 while I'm 40. Um, half your age. Yeah, half my age. Half my age. I, wow. I'm reminded of that from time to time too when you know something comes up of being super old and it's like, that was like 2005. Shit. That <laughs> like, feels like just yesterday. You were in some 20 senses. when they were fetuses. That's weird. Yeah. I yeah. was, I was You're already well established. At I that was point. drunk as shit by the time yeah. they were conceived. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so like I have this approach that I like to, to use where I don't ever like lay my cards all the way down. Good. Yes. I always, uh, I always do it from a, from a questioning point of view. And, um, I'm pretty sure that at least half of these people I talk to, no matter what I say, because of what I have said in the past, no matter what I say now, they wouldn't believe that I'm not again, quote unquote, a flat earther. Mm -hmm. Right. Even though I've never told anyone there that I am a flat earther because I don't own that title. No. And it's interesting. It's like, it's normies like have a a few things that they know of exist somewhere out there. And now they're like, Oh, you're a flat earther Mm -hmm. or, Oh, you're, I can't even think of another one. Uh, Uh, Moon landing denier. Yeah. Moon landing person or, um, I don't know what the term would be, but, uh, a nine 11, I just want to say a 9-11 truther. Truther, yeah. Well, they might even is, know that term because that's pretty... It seems weird to say any kind of truth. Like, oh, you're into the truth? Ha, that's, ha. That's, a, that's a negative <laughs> term. Uh, that's, that's like a funny idea to me. But yeah, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to lay down that I 
don't think any of these things happened or that I think that all history is false or, you know, that all mountains are melted, melted buildings, you know, any really sweeping statements like that, because I, I entertain all those thoughts somewhat sometimes, Mm -hmm. if not, I mean, some of them last a lot longer than others, you know, flat earth is one. I don't, I don't claim the title of flat earth. I think the best way I describe myself there now is a, I am a earth shape enthusiast. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my favorite subject. Like, I, I don't know. I can't get enough of the discussion of, of specifically flat earth, but also hollow earth. Um, but you know, that expands out really fast that I'm, I'm super interested by, uh, space. I have been super interested by space my entire life and having upturned that over the last few years, I'm no less obsessed with it. I like the idea of, I, I will, I will listen to people all day long about the electric universe even if they're talking about planets as, as spheres and the maps as we know them and things like that, it would be really easy to throw all that out mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I like the way you're talking about the layout of our solar system right. because I don't necessarily believe that. But I want to listen to that a lot because it is such an interesting take. And I think that that helps me when I'm talking to normal people that I'm taking that kind of information in okay. as, as well as I'm not just down this path of it's flat and I only want to hear people who know that it's flat and things like that. Well, you <laughs> say you kind of approach it as a question and I think that only makes sense because I think that's how we approach everything all the time mm-hmm. is just questioning it. And it, we, it, I, I mean, for me, I never really land on this is true. I land on, wow, this seems this seems likely or this is interesting. Let's explore this. And it just kind of leads to more questions. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to think that I'm doing when I have these conversations with these young men, I guess they're men, these young boys. It's really hard to call yeah. these, these guys men. But... Um, I mean, there are exceptions to that too. I don't mean to paint them with too broad of a brush. Um, but I'd like to think that I'm seeding them with some doubt in some narratives that they took for granted before they met me. Uh, one of these fellows, I don't think any of them are going to listen to this, but they might be able to pinpoint who I'm talking about if they, if they listen just to our, they'd be like, that was our conversation. But like, uh, I asked him a couple months ago, just point blank, trying to make conversation. We'd barely ever spoken. And I said, uh, uh, about anything other than work, we'd barely ever spoken. And, um, I, I just asked him point blank, Hey, you think we went to the moon? And his, his response at that time, two to three months ago was, yeah, because we would have no reason to fake it. So why would I believe that? I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't just like smack him down at that time. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't lay it down and be like, no, you can't because I feel that way with the moon landing. Like the moon landing, you're, you're not budging me right now. Yeah. That one's one where I feel more certain about that. We didn't go, I don't, there's a lot of other questions, but I'm just like, yeah, it's not like they said it was. Yeah. If you're not if you don't at least have a lot of holes in it, like I've said on here before, I'd love to talk to someone who thinks that we went, but thinks that we found 
aliens or Nazis on the moon or, you know, something or, or even that, um, that, uh, we went and something was so messed up about it, but we didn't want to admit it. So we, we had to cover it all up and, and, and I don't know. I'm into those types of conversations, like hundred percent. If someone's willing to talk like that, but someone who's just like, no, no, I learned all about this in grade school, dude. Like I knew this, I knew this before fourth grade, like, you know, that, that level of knowledge that you're not, you're not even going to be able to engage me in the conversation to be quite honest. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you to some degree, but I, you know, I don't know. You're not going to tell me anything new. Well, the re the only reason I would sit and listen to it too is so that I can have my side to talk about a little bit. And in this case of this guy that two or three months ago said that we would have no reason to fake it. Uh, when I do talk to him now, like it's kind of on this point of view that he's like, not very sure if we went to the moon. Hmm. I don't think that that would be the case if I had been a dick, basically, oh, no. at that time. If I'd, if I'd just, you know, thrown a fit and gave him five million reasons that we didn't go to the moon. I've still probably only given him, instead of five million, I've given him like five over a few months. Mm -hmm. You know, seen him once a week or so. Uh, but now, you know, it's like in, a, in the most recent conversation we had... Uh, we weren't talking about the moon, but I said, I said something about the amazing um, luck that we must have had to have after years of Russia trying to get to the moon. We try it, and on our first try, we managed to do it. And we do it five more times, and then we haven't for 50 years. And did, did, was, was there, what, we haven't for 50 years? No, because we'd already been down that. Okay. Um, but I hadn't said that the luck the, 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 the fact that we just try for our first time and we did it. We, no one else could do it at all or yeah. has ever. But on our first try. And then we made we a video it. call from the moon. <laughs> See, I didn't even go there at this time either. You know, I just, I just said that. And, and he was like, yeah, that is really, really suspicious that we would be able to make it on our first try. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know it's a slow burn of a project <laughs> to try and, you know, red pill someone and it takes months. But I think that, that that slow drip of not seeing him all the time. If I saw the guy every day, maybe we'd make progress faster or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of think that the, that the beauty of this approach is that he probably doesn't think about it much when he doesn't see me. But if you, if you just, if you look at it like it's not, there's no goal there's no end game you have here mm -hmm. that is just it's an exercise for you to get better at speaking your truth and being open as to who you are to normies yeah and then also if it like i remember being 20 and i thought i knew a lot of shit and i had a lot of it figured out not in the same way as this kid but <laughs> in very very different way but i did and then i i really remember those people that came into my life that Maybe just asked me a question at that right moment that made me think things differently, you know, made me open myself differently yeah. to new information. And so if you happen to be that guy for somebody, you know, where it's 20 years from now when you're 60, oh, that's weird. 
Mm-hmm. It's going by too fast. <laughs> Slow it down. When you're 60 and he's 40 and he's like, man, there was this guy I worked with. He was such a weirdo. But, you know, he said these things to me that made me realize, you know, and that's why I'm whatever I am today. That's how know? I started to unravel this whole mystery that is life. And, you know, that can feel like conceited <laughs> or whatever. If you think of yourself as being that important, but, and you haven't, I'm saying, I, I'm the yeah. one saying this, by the way, but... What I mean is like, none of us know when we're going to be that person that makes such a big difference in somebody's life for well, just that, a small thing. And, and that's, that's why we got to do it all the time. Yeah. That's because I don't think any, I really doubt that any one of these particular interactions that I'm talking about will lead to anything, but maybe one of them will because I, I planted these thoughts into 20 different young men's heads. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's um like on King of the Hill, Boomhauer, mm-hmm. uh, he reveals why he gets laid so much uh-huh. to is, is that he just goes to like the mall and just literally walks up to every girl and asks them if they want to come home with him. And, and then after, after 20 or so, one of them's going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why all of his friends think that he's a ladies man and he's always got a lady over at his house. But really it's this, uh. You know, kind of sad, pathetic. He thing. just fishes not with a I'm bigger saying, net. <laughs> I'm not being sad and pathetic here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not tricking anyone you're not into just, slipping, sleeping with me. And you're also not walking up to every kid in the mall and saying, hey, do you think we went to the moon? Yeah, no, it's more, <laughs> oh, well, you know, if we're going to be standing next to each other for an hour, we might as well exchange some words. All, Almost all subjects that anyone brings up are boring as shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather be in control. So I'd rather... I'd rather start a conversation about whether or not a certain, not all history, because I don't think all history is fake. You know, just for, for the record, <laughs> that's down. I don't think all history is fake, but I think that a lot of things are fake. So if I question just one little bit of history, um, you know, like uh, uh, this week with, uh, with a different guy that I was talking about earlier, uh, he, he watched some new movie in the theater that's about um, Vikings. And he, he expressed how much he loves Vikings. So then I was asking him, I, I don't think I've, I've told you about this, that I've heard that um, recently some, some, uh, some like peer-reviewed uh, uh, archaeology uh, journals are now, so this would be like the academic record, is now accepting that the Vikings landed in Newfoundland, um, what was it, in 1050 or 1150 AD? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that critical thinkers of history have been aware of for a long time, but it's always, always talked about from this uh, perspective of that. um, uh, That's like a pseudoscience concept. Um, But uh, like um, it's that uh, I'm so bad with my Viking lore, but one of the, some Vikings were in Greenland and they continued on westward and they had a settlement on some land that was beyond there, and that's part of the Viking saga. It's like Oak Island area. Yeah, kind of. That's that's kind of that. in that zone. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, that's I think that's in Newfoundland. Uh, Oak Island's interesting to me too. I love mm-hmm. the TV show. I know it's our favorite <laughs> show. I mean, I've, I make fun of it more than I. Well, that's why it's a comedy show, and it's also you know it's interesting, but you have to watch four episodes to get one little tidbit because it's always like, did they find gold in the mountains of the, whatever? <laughs> is this the 
Templar. Yeah, they they lead you so much on that show. It's it's hilarious. If you're looking for uh, for them finding treasure, it's not it's not, not a good the show TV for show. You. <laughs> but anyway, no, I think this was farther north. Okay. Uh, by by a good bit. Um, but that was in the seventies that this couple of archaeologists were out there, and they found um, what they claimed to be a Viking settlement. Um, they claimed that it, um, they, aside from like that, they could tell where these structures were and that they were constructed in a Norwegian style. Um, that this would have been done, you know, about a thousand years ago, uh, a little less than that. And that there were, uh, that they've been doing metal forgery there, uh, that they had been, that there was uh, slag and ore and they were, they were, they were doing, they were doing blacksmith stuff, okay. Which was which is said to have not happened here until four, after fourteen ninety two, um, and you can't read about those people and that discovery without it being called um, pseudo science or you know uh, a hoax or something like that. That is until this year. It's like twenty twenty two. I think it was like April or. Um, maybe as early as March or February, that these these journals finally accepted these papers on it, and now it's going to be. If it's not today, it's just because the word hasn't spread enough. But like the the idea behind this is that over the next couple of years, that will be something that would be acceptable to be taught to children. Huh. Um, which is, I mean, it's just interesting as all hell to me. <laughs> But anyway, oh yeah, I kind of got off of what I was talking about. Were you talking to somebody at work about this? So I started telling this person who just watched, uh, I think it's called Northman or Northman. um, Some some Viking-based movie that's in the theater. He loved it. And I was asking him what he thought of that idea. Of course, he had never heard of it. Um, And I just talked about it from this point of view of that, like, yeah, people with a critical mind were able to look at this for the last 50 years and say that it was most likely that that was the case, but we were all told to shut up because nobody was here until Christopher Columbus in 1492. Right. And now that's going to become an acceptable narrative that, well, white men were here then. I think it's going to get, uh, I want to say spun, mm-hmm. um, but maybe more, uh, I think it will be truthfully told that we don't have any evidence of anything other than this one uh, uh, settlement. Yeah. So that... And I think even within those Viking sagas, when they came over here or over to that land to the west, uh, they weren't there long. Mm-hmm. They were only there for a few years and they left. But I have I have at least heard, I mean, I'm no expert, but I, I've, I've read stuff when I, when I do my, my, I'll call it pseudo research. <laughs> I'm not really a researcher, but I like reading stuff. And uh, there's stuff about... Um, uh, indigenous people of northern Canada on the on the east coast that claim that there were giant white dudes with uh, like Christian crosses and things like that there mm-hmm. for a long time. I think a lot of people think that those were Templars. Okay. And that there were uh, see this starts getting into that Oak Island. Yeah. The, the the cooler side of Oak Island, not so much the digging holes. They think that maybe some. Templars had come over here and uh, buried things on Oak Island and that even that that treasure was used by Masons, that the Templars eventually turned into the Masons and that they began 
the United States, and they funded it all by coming over and digging up the treasure of the Templars on Oak Island. I don't know, something to those effects. But, um, but that there's that basically that I think between Vikings and Templars and, and other things, I think that the indigenous people here kind of always knew about white people. Yeah. And that they were always coming back and forth, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't really like okay to do until Christopher Columbus, if he was even a real person, until that point in time. And then they said, okay, we'll open up and we can come and go from there huh. again. Uh, but yeah, I was able to, you know, kind of get that into the guy's ear. He didn't really take it, um, but he's, he was going to go back to see that movie a second time. Really? He liked that movie so much. I don't I don't know anything about it. Um, but uh, It looks like a bunch of hunks with long hair, rowing boats and stuff from the poster that I looked at. Did you see a poster? Just now, yeah. Oh, did you pull it up? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's actually probably a cool movie. What was that show? Was it just Vikings? Isn't there a show yeah, that a show. you wanted to maybe look at? We watched, I, I, I watched part, maybe part of the first episode. I watched part of the first episode. I only didn't pursue it because, you know, TV takes time. They yeah. don't always have to dedicate to a new show or whatever. But if I if I ever find myself with too much time on my hand and TV available, maybe that's something I'd watch. But because um, I'm, I'm intrigued by by Viking, Viking lore. Yeah. For sure. Um, I was even in a band long time ago that we called ourselves Viking metal and uh, our singer was was very researched he'd read all the sagas and he like our, our, our band's name was the pyre uh, and the pyre was the name of the ship that was made of toenails that took people to the underworld um, it was supposed to stink really bad because it was made out of like all these discarded toenails and you know, stuff like that <laughs> I don't know I had to trust in him that he was reading it and spewing it back correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love all that stuff, but um, I'm hoping, even though he didn't, I mean, he, he he's like, he goes to college, this, this guy. Mm. So he was very like, well, I don't know if my professor would agree with you about this. <laughs> but I think his professor will agree with me in due time. I mean, he, I don't think he's taking any classes that would, about vikings or yeah or uh you know the the new world or anything like that um but i'm kind of hoping that just like that planting of that seed if he does go back to that movie and watches it again you know and just think about those people and how tough they were i'm assuming it's going to show them as being really tough and they weren't afraid to sail into what other people told them was the edge of the world that they weren't afraid to to go where there was no land. They would just keep going. Yeah. And that they would go and they would land and they would start a settlement. And even if it only lasts a couple of years, come back and be like, no, you guys are wrong. Like, you told us not to go that way. We did. So does this movie say that? Because I remember no. when we were kids, they told us that everybody thought the world was flat. And then somebody else said it wasn't. So Christopher Columbus took off to go through this one certain way and he went around and discovered that the world was round or some shit. Yeah, that's really, really retarded. retarded. Way of saying. But 
that's the that's the that's what so I so that's was what they told us when we were kids but now it doesn't seem like they ever talk about how people thought it was once flat no you know coming at that from the flat earth side of things man it is you you uh you know in the early stages of of researching flat earth there were some now what i find to be really elementary google searches you know because i was still even using google back then um where i would type in uh uh, when, you know, when did, uh, oh, I can't think of how I would have phrased it, but like when, when did people, um, start finding out that the earth was round, you know, like when did people first believe this, uh-huh. that the earth is round? Uh, because I would figure it would have been just before Christopher Columbus or Christopher Columbus, you know, like we were kind of taught he was the first person to think that Yeah. and everyone thought he was crazy, but he proved him right. Not by going around the earth, mind you. No, he went and he didn't go around because he bumped into some yeah, other... He just found more land. If people yeah. do, did believe at that time that the earth was flat, finding more land wouldn't have meant anything more than that. Well, you oh, just went flat farther than exists. you had before, right? Yeah, it just goes out farther than we thought, not necessarily around. It would have been the first people to... Which I think it was Magellan who's supposed to be the first one who made the full trip. Uh from from across both both the Atlantic and Pacific oceans were there people coming across the Pacific you know like right after that right after that right after he came and landed Christopher Columbus came landed here went back said ah oh, I found the other side of the world I found India you know you're able to just and then people are like ah no we talked to India and they said they didn't see you um, well let's try going from the other direction and then they found the other side of, of the, the Americas. Okay. Uh, I'm just making this up. Right. I'm just asking. Like, I don't is, know. Is this, you, you know, know like, that's what the phenomenon is about going to school and learning about this shit. You're forced to sit there and your mind might be on something totally different, but they say, no, today we're learning about the history and um, like explorers. And they like pump you full of all this information to the point where if you want to pass the test, you just need to listen and repeat it. You don't need to understand it, and you definitely don't have time to question it. It just comes at you like this, I don't know, like weak fire hose of information that needs to, yes, then be repeated like trivia. It's just trivia. You just like learn this, and then you say it again. So as as, a seven or eight-year-old or nine-year-old or whatever the hell, when you learn about this, when I did my report on Amerigo Vespucci or whatever his name was, that was one of the explorers. I I couldn't tell you anything besides they said they named America after him. Okay. Um, that's that's it. I think he was Italian because I would always pick an Italian explorer, which there were many to choose from at that time. Um, but I I don't I didn't understand any of that. It definitely didn't make me question. Like I never would have just like wondered if it happened different when I was that young. Oh, they don't. Allow and they don't to. leave room for that. Mm-hmm. And and then it's just like, what if none of that ever like? What if that's all just like a storybook written by somebody at some point, and we have no idea how anybody came anywhere? And we've always had these technologies that we have now, and we just pretended we invented them at some point when somebody grabbed them and said that now I'm harnessing this so that you have to pay me for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It's so fun. Like I'm sure our listeners love hearing us just work through how little we know about the, the the status quo's idea of things and also how little we know about the alternative. Sure. <laughs> hey, you know something I've never talked about on a podcast. I've meant to, 
multiple times on Into the Apocalypse or Deborah gets red pilled, like I've I've thought, oh yeah, maybe I could work this in, but it's never never really happened. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've told you this. I know that you know that I that I had the book. Hmm. Uh, but when I was in, um, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade, something like that, um, we were at school. We learned a bunch about the pyramids, and I was pretty intrigued by it. I, I always liked history. I've always liked thinking about even like cavemen and evolution and things like that. And uh, the pyramids being as old as they were, were pretty darn intriguing to me when we learned how they were built by slaves. And um, I, I just, I thought it was pretty neat. And I came home and I told my mom about that. My mom, who is not the most awake person, uh, certainly not now. I don't think she ever particularly has been, but she is pretty open-minded. She was pretty alternative, but definitely like just going along for the ride with it. And she smiled and listened to me tell her whatever I had to say about the pyramids. And she said, did you know that not everyone thinks that? And I was like, what else do they think? And she went over to the bookshelf and she had, it's probably like a first edition. She probably still has it. I could probably get it from her. Uh, Eric Von Daniken's book, Chariot of the Gods. Wow. Um, which is, that book is basically what that TV show, Ancient Aliens, is. Eric yeah. Von Daniken's on there all the time, I believe. Um, I've listened to him on, on podcasts before. He's, a, he's an interesting dude. Um, but this book had all kinds of little pictures in it and stuff. And the whole thing suggested that the pyramids were built by aliens. And that... Uh, the timeline was all out of whack. I don't know. It was, uh, to me, it was the most amazing thing. And I never, ever, ever looked at ancient Egypt in particular and no other ancient aspects, nothing about evolution or anything. I never looked at any of it differently except for that. And even then, I didn't buy the alien thing even at that age. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. These couldn't have been built the way I was just taught. They had to have been built with some other kind of technology. Yeah. That thought never, ever, ever left me. Well, and even just the idea that somebody could think something different than what everybody says is true. Mm -hmm. That I mean, that that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, a, that was a big turning point. And that was just a seed. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't think I've read that book cover to cover. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I did, I did, you know, look around, I, you know, I'm certain I read all of the, the, uh, the footnotes next to the pictures and things like that. And, uh, you know, read a little bit of a few different chapters, things like that. Uh, but maybe just maybe that was like what I was talking about planting in these young men's minds. Like I'm trying to get a little seed in there that may or may not grow, I think that you could have shown that book to 10 other kids from my class and they wouldn't have, they would have not been interested. They're like, I'm not in school. I don't want to hear more. Yeah. You know, like I already learned it. Don't make me learn something else. Right. That's what the, what the part of the retardedness of school is, is making kids think that it happens within certain walls at certain times and that it's a punishment to do it at any other time mm -hmm. when really it's just this process of exploring your curiosity that's what learning is mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's really good to, to plant these seeds, but you know, back to what I was saying originally with this episode, it's like, I, I think it's important not to be too overbearing. Um, I think for instance, with the, with the Viking stuff, if, if I had told that guy that his movie was total bullshit because they didn't talk about how Vikings were in America at that time. What time? Did, what? What? When was this movie supposed to take place? Oh, twelve fifty A.D. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit because they're already over here. You know, like if I, you know, if I was just like, oh, I know a million times more about this than you. Blah blah blah. Instead, I just tried to intrigue him with that. Not only do some people think things are different than the way we've all been taught but now academia is catching up with those people and that i don't know like i say maybe he'll go back to see that movie i, I don't know maybe he was blown wind that he was gonna go see it a second time must be a good movie to go I know, to go spend like 30 dollars it's so expensive to go to the theater i not to say i haven't been to see movies twice in the theater Oh yeah, I have. But uh, Dumb that and was... Dumber. Did you? <laughs> I saw really? That twice. Oh, That's like the only one I remember seeing twice in the theater because <laughs> it was playing at the theater that was a block away from my house. And yeah. Like it was just one summer where it seemed like a good idea to go again. There were a lot of horror movies a long time ago that I would go see twice because I'd be like, man, movies like this don't play often yeah. around here, mm. you know, uh, or in the United States or you know my small town specifically or whatever, and. I'd, I'd like go see it by myself and then be like, oh, telling somebody about it. And they'd be like, oh, I want to go see it. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming with you. You know, uh, I think of High Tension. That's a great, oh, yeah. great one that I saw. What was twice. the alternative title in another language? Hot. Hot, Hot Tension. Yeah. Which is just, that's the same. It's that's the just same. French because yeah. it's a French film. And it was all in English. I'd already seen it before it was in the theater here. Because, of course, I had the, the French version because mm-hmm. I was a, I was and still am a total is that that opening scene where the head in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. uh yeah uh Giannato de Rossi did the special effects yeah. for that and it, it really shows good. right away he did like all the old Fulci movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. so he's like an old veteran of like the kick-ass like really gory old movies and yeah it was all good practical effects and yeah the guy the whole movie starts and the guy's getting head in this old work truck and like yeah, he's, you can see it from a certain angle and then finally he like finishes and then like just lifts up the severed head and then he's getting... And just tosses and it just out the window. throws it out the window and drives off in this shitty old truck. Yeah. Um, and that was a real red herring even because it ends up being much different oh, was, than you think uh, it's going to be. Well, it was M. Night Shyamalan worthy <laughs> twist ending on that movie. Oh my goodness. Yes. When I, funny thing of me, I... I when I took my friend, when my friend went and I went along with him, the, like a week later, we got to the end and we walked out and he was like, you saw that for a second time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does. Like, and I know, I know that feeling of showing, showing random people that I met at the bar, like weird movies at my house. They'd be like, you own this? I'm like, yeah, I got it on VHS and the new DVD. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's funny living the, the weirdo life. Now, thinking about um, talking to normies about weird stuff, like when I think back to my career uh, at the body shop, when I first started there, I like set out to not make sure no one there knew me personally so that I would never talk about what I was doing outside of work. I didn't talk about movies that I liked. They didn't know I liked horror movies. They didn't know what kind of comedy I liked. 
They didn't know about any relationships I had. And part of that was because I was still kind of a drunk and like the family that owns the place is real religious. And I had a real shitty boyfriend at the time that I wasn't proud of, you know, like, but also... Hey, hey, hey I'm right here. <laughs> it wasn't you. It was before you. It was a long time ago. Um, but I, you know, slowly over time, there, there was like superficial relationships with dudes uh, that I had at work that we would just talk about, you know, things. And I would more ask them questions and not really tell them what I thought, like you, you're talking about. So you really think that, you know, that's what you, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But then I had, you know, then we met, I, I, well, first I broke up with the old boyfriend just to make sure everyone knows. <laughs> then we met, then we got married, then we had a kid and I left to be home with the child. And I stayed there for like two years and when I went back to work, I did not care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I had already been there for like seven years before that. Mm-hmm. And now I was a mom and I just went in there like I would just say whatever I wanted to. And I quickly went from whatever. I can't remember what I came back to do, but I was estimating and then I was doing then I was doing production. And so I was in the back working with all these different guys as 2020 started. The, yeah. When I was, and, I was gone by then. Yeah. Cause so to back up when I was home with the baby at some point during that, maybe a year after I'd been home and hadn't been working there, you got hired in the parts department. Mm-hmm. So then you went and established yourself as your own person. And then when I came back, it was like, we were both our own people in this business. Cause we both had established ourselves solo, mm-hmm. but we were, everyone knew we we're married people, Yeah, which was good. Cause I wouldn't have wanted to work with you if, like you got hired on as my, oh, Lanny's husband got hired, sure, you know, sure. or vice versa. Oh, Chud's wife is, right? So, yeah. so anyway, I come back there and now it's like, well, they know I had a kid and you, you work there and you speak openly. It's like, didn't matter anymore. Yeah. So when you, you quit and you left and, and then 2020 started, I was like, uh, I was right from the beginning. Like we're talking like February. I'm like, this is some, some shit's going down. They're lying to us. Just watch this. You know, um, there was one yeah. guy in the paint department that's real into conspiracies, but like in a more conventional kind of a way, which I don't know how that, at least like a real Ron Paul, like a oh, 9-11 yeah. truther type. I know, he's, he's really good on He's great. Stuff. So yeah. he was with me, you know, talking, but he had a different angle. He thought like this was a man-made virus and it was going to kill all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I think they're just, it's not really even anything and they're just going to make us think it is. And maybe we, we were event two oh one in it and he was kind of more like China's gonna try and take over. Yeah, China's gonna kill all of us with this man made virus yeah. and um we're all gonna die and I'm I'm not there. So um anyway, uh that time I was leading a production meeting every morning with the twenty or twenty five whatever guys standing in front of this big screen that I had that showed all the cars in the shop. And I would, oh, yeah, that stupid and, uh, screen that yeah. came in like uh, as I split. Yeah, so I was uh, I was doing my, um, which which I, I liked this part of it because it public speaking practice, but also I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I was younger. And I'm like, this is my chance to do like a, you know, like a 10-minute set for a, a captive crowd that couldn't get away from me. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, have fun with it and make jokes and stuff. But I made sure always to just be like, so what do you think about that? You know, the news that said whatever. And people, oh, this, you know, they all, all of them would have something to say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it was kind of like... All of them would have something different that they all heard on Fox the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they were like, really, it was funny because it's the opposite of you. I was working with between, you know, 50 to 65-year-old men that all watched Fox News. Mm-hmm. And you're working with 25-year-old she-males <laughs> that, that all... Uh, that you don't know, watch get news but get everything, everything from scrolling from their, feed. Their phone, it's yeah. all whatever, you know. So these Might guys, well though, like they, there was like this... I don't know. Everybody was hearing me. I'm like, you know, don't go get that shot. They're trying to trick you. That's not good stuff. Uh, Minimally, there's not any information on it, you know, and I'd come with something new every day and, you know, tell people like, you know, make sure you're stocking up on things that you need and and things like that. And um, I feel like there was a lot of times where I felt that there was, uh, that I was getting somewhere with somebody, right? You know, somebody might, there was one, one instance in particular where I remember hearing on the prop report that the the U.S. government had just spent a bunch of money on like shields and like right gear. Yeah, that's. And, I was gonna bring this up right as you started this. Yeah. Okay. Portion of this. So yeah, yeah. So I remember then this really well. my my coworker, um, he, I'm telling him, I'm like, we just spent a bunch of money on riot gear. That means that we're there's going to be riots. And he was like, oh, you know, they've spent money on stuff all the time. They probably didn't even buy it. They're just using it as an excuse to spend our money, which I can get behind that. Like, that's not wrong. But I was just like, I don't know. And then like a couple, two months later, all the Black Lives Matters protests and and all that was happening. And there were riots in the streets in Seattle and in, um, in Portland. Portland. And then the like, the, what Chaz or whatever the... Autonomous yeah, whatever that zone. guy's name was, was that trans guy, uh, Chaz. No. Oh, no. Oh, oh, the Chaz. Not Chaz Capitol Bono. Hill Autonomous Zone yes. is what that stood for. That was all happening, and there was, yeah. So there was, and he, he in front of the whole group shop was like, well, don't you remember what Lanny was saying like two months ago? She was right. <laughs> they, they bought all this, you know, they were planning all of this. And I'll point out that that guy is, he would never, ever call himself a conspiracy theorist. He's a Catholic, right? Catholic. He's a very devout Catholic, and he's, uh, you know, he's a family man. He has a large family. Father of 10. Father of 10? Is it 10 now? I'm pretty sure. At least. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Yeah, it might might be a couple more. (laughs) Um, But uh, that guy gave me one of the best conspiracies. I love it so much. Oh, I know. I was going to get into that. I love it so much, I will never look into it. I don't even, I don't want to. Because it's fucking amazing. He said it so casually, too. It was something about coconut oil. Yeah. And he went, oh, well, you know, that's all bullshit, right? And I was like, what's that? And he's like, coconut oil. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, oh, dude, just uh, just do the math of the acreage that it would take to produce, uh, you know, like one pound of coconut oil. And you, and you do all this. And there's not enough room on planet Earth for us to make the amount of coconut oil that's sold in the United States like every year. Like we couldn't produce that on Earth. And I was like, what? And I was like, so what is it? And he's like, I don't know, but it sure shit ain't coconut oil. I'll guarantee you that. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm down. Coconut oh oil is not fucking coconut real, Coconut oils aren't real. Yeah, so like we really escalated that to like just whenever it would come up, we'd be like randomly like coconuts aren't real, you know? <laughs> I, I haven't looked into it. Maybe I will one of these days. But I, I'm open as fuck to that mm-hmm. without having researched it. 
of just that, like, yeah, dude, fucking there's substances that we consume every day that we think is one thing and it just, it's just not. You know, like there'll be things uh, like honey is diluted with corn syrup or, or all corn syrup when you buy cheap honey mm-hmm. or olive oil is not actually olive oil. Yeah. And, and with that, like, um, or the they, fish that you buy is a different it'll kind. It'll say honey, but I know that it's high fructose syrup. You, yeah. Like, or at least cut with it. It's like, I am just so certain of it that like, it's not even cut. It's like, this is not, this, this is high fructose corn syrup with flavoring. Yeah. And you look on the bottle and it says ingredients, honey. Uh, or like when you go, when I was a kid, I always liked chicken nuggets from McDonald's if we were going to go out to McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all the time, so it was really special. And they would come with these little packets of honey to dip, like okay. instead of ranch or barbecue sauce or whatever. Yeah. And I always wanted the honey, obviously, because I wasn't allowed to have sugar and it's straight sugar. But it literally on those packets, it was our son, you know, a couple years ago, went with grandma and she got him chicken nuggets with honey and there was the package left over and I looked at it and it says ingredients, honey. Mm-hmm. There's no oh, fucking no way, way that packet of that little tub of of liquid sugar is honey. At best, when the when when you know what we're talking about, like the the substance that we're talking about, it's when you know that it's not honey, but it says that it is. At best, it's got like you know a tablespoon to a gallon of other ingredients. Like there's some there's like just enough. You, I mean like. I'm sure someone could dig in on this um, and find out like what the legal requirements are to call an ingredient oh, yeah. honey. Um, you know, it, it's I'm I'm sure that it's written in somehow that like yeah, as long as it's like three percent honey, and the other ingredients are ingredients that don't contain allergens and you know like this and that. I mean, the same way that uh, uh, beaver gland uh, isn't listed on on everything. But that's like in some kind of a strawberry or vanilla flavoring. Yeah, or something. certain flavorings. I don't know. That was something from back at the auto body shop. I know uh, they would always. We would always go. Oh, it's got beaver gland in beaver it. Anal, beaver anal, anal gland. gland, more specifically. Yeah. Um, that they use for artificial flavoring, and it's not the flavor that they're going for. It's like the texture of this substance inside of this gland that they remove from a beaver's anus, apparently, and that's a carrier. Like they put the they put the flavoring into that. Yeah. And then that's what other companies buy and add to their and so products. And similar with there's um like some... like there's just think about this. There's ingredients in artificial flavoring. But all it says is artificial flavor. Oh yeah, same right? with fragrance even. It just says fragrance. So can we have so with honey or coconut oil, do we say this you know, it's like an artificial flavoring. This it's final called, product is now this called is coconut called oil. Honey, but it's not made of bees, freaking honey that they yeah. made. You yeah. know, it's the, it's got a little bit in there, or maybe yeah, none, I don't know. maybe even none. But we call this ingre- this single ingredient honey, which is made out of twenty different ingredients. You know, when we were on False Reality Check and they asked what your favorite conspiracy is, and you said the wonderful one of I think, uh, what if um, Stevie Wonder's not actually blind? Oh yeah, not what if. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Stevie Wonder's not blind. That's and correct. then uh, and then I sh- I couldn't think of what to say. You know, what's my favorite? I'm like, I don't know. They're all pretty horrible. Like, I don't know. What- my favorite is the fact that uh, coconuts don't exist. <laughs> Did you say that on there? No. Oh. And that's what I should have said. I didn't think of it at the time. But that literally is my favorite conspiracy I've ever heard anyone mention. It, it's, it's, it's actually pretty good. I mean... I- I don't want to look into it because I, it's it's more, for me it's like that understanding and the philosophy that that can be false. Oh, totally. But it really for me, why it's an enjoyable one is just because of who it came from and the way it came up. Yeah, it's so, so true. really really funny. So true. This is like a really straight dude, and he's just like, oh yeah, I don't know, coconuts aren't real. But <laughs> done and done. Dude, <laughs> the dude's super straight laced. He'll like snort if you say boobs. You know, <laughs> like, like snort laugh. Yeah, like yeah. snort laugh. Like I'm not supposed to laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I uh, I really uh, I liven the place up quite a bit with my uh, my the way I talk. Yeah, yeah. So those uh, you know I don't feel like I did as good a job as what you're describing. Is like when I other times in my life where I've more gently questioned things to people and like maybe opened them up a little bit. At the shop, I was just kind of yelling conspiracies. Well, as far as they were concerned, truth, as far as I was concerned, mm-hmm. at people. And, you know, some of them kind of agreed. But, yeah, usually talking points from Fox, you're right. Well, you were also in a very different position there than I am in my place. Like, I'm, you were you had, were a person of substance there. I am a peon uh, <laughs> in my current place. I mean, not that I'm really a peon, but I choose to be a peon. Like, I'm very unattached to my job right i i am there to perform certain duties before i so i can earn my matrix dollars and then go home and start my real job yeah which is a homemaker Mm -hmm. on a homestead um and it would be maybe more preferable to me maybe to just keep my headphones in and not talk to any of these people Mm mm-hmm But I get really curious. I like, you know, the reason I do this isn't just because I want to plant seeds. It's not like I'm Johnny Apple Conspiracies. (laughs) Apple Conspiracies. (laughs) Oh my God, did you just say that? I just said that. We're recording. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) TM. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Patent pending. Uh, But um, it's, it's because I'm really curious. I'm curious... Just like Boomhauer's curious how often he can get laid by asking every girl. Mm-hmm. I'm curious by asking every single 20 to 25 year old that I come in close contact with, do you think we went to the moon? Uh, do you think Vikings were here? You know, I, I want to see who's willing to listen. And it's, of course, anyone listening knows this. Uh, it's a frighteningly small number of people who are willing to listen. And within that, I don't want to be shut out from these people and feel like I can't communicate anymore because they all just think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And even for that matter, like I say, I'm just a peon, but I am by far the best worker there. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm laughing because I feel silly saying that, but it's actually very true. I'm, I'm, I'm by far the best worker there and I should be, they should be learning by example from me as to what, what our process of working is. And Mm -hmm. if, if I make them, they'll throw the baby out with the bathwater if they think, well, this flat earth guy is trying to show me the proper way to do this. Like, I'm not going to listen to him. And I've, like I said, I'm particular, I'm specifically in a position with no authority there 
because I don't want any, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's, you know, it's been offered to me. Um, it's not, it's, it's not what I don't want to get bogged down in that matrix. No, I mean, and my, when I was production manager, that was my whole everything. Like I didn't have t- mental space to try to do any of the things that I'm doing now like any of the creative things that I'm doing. It was like, yeah, I could make dinner and keep up on laundry and stuff. And we, but I wasn't, no, I like, I was obsessed. Like I'd go to bed thinking about how I can improve processes, mm-hmm. how we were going to fix this problem where we couldn't get parts for this one car, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do about that employee who just wrecked the third car in the parking lot. And you know, like yeah. if we're going to fire him and hiring somebody interviews, like all of that crap, it was so much of my mental space. And that's why like as much as our baby coming in at 2020 is a weird thing, like it's been the best thing that happened to us. And a large part of that is because it just pulled me back out of that again. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, um, if our second son hadn't come along when he did or come along period, you would still be there. Yeah. You would have been there all the way through that whole freaking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Not just, Seemed like you were there all the way through to it was been there all of until November, November of twenty twenty. But yeah. as we now know, that, that was, was just, just the beginning. beginning. That was just the tip it of it. It was just enough time for me to make funny signs for the, um, for the waiting room. Oh, they weren't funny. Those were incredibly perfectly worded signs to show that you were putting up a sign because Governor Inslee required you to but that you guys weren't enforcing any rules. Yeah. So uh, there was also my favorite, the same coworker with the coconut thing. We were supposed to block off seats that were next to each other in our waiting area. <laughs> so there was only every six feet. I'm sure you told me that at the time. But I... he, uh, he printed out this thing that says, this seat is intentionally left blank and just set it on the seat. <laughs> it's like, you know, that spot in like a notebook or whatever. This page is intentionally left blank. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't know why it was like, I was like, you beat any of the signs that I made this, this year, like with that one. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. It's stupid. It was all really dumb, but you, you know, I mean, that's, it's a big part of what I'm reading right now is the, a book called Radical Homemakers by Shannon Hayes. And while it's written from the point of view of somebody who's like, uh, believes that global warming is caused by us and not yeah. Uh, somewhere else. She sees it as industry and she sees the answer of that problem being in it's doing things in your home again. And I can't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So it, while she's comes from a different area, we're right. in the same place. She's right. Right. A different angle. When uh, she's talking a lot about, you know, the history of feminism and women, women moving from the house into the workplace. And yeah, they were dissatisfied at home when their jobs were taken over by dishwashers and uh, Stouffer's heat frozen dinners. Time-saving devices to save you time to use all your time-saving devices. Right. So they thought that they could find fulfillment in doing what a man does and going out and earning money for the family. Mm -hmm. And really the problem there probably is maybe the man shouldn't even be going out and earning money for the family. He should be going out and doing things to keep for your survival because that seems like a lot more, um, you know, fulfilling. But the, I definitely was wrapped up in that idea of, because I was such a tomboy and, you know, before I met you, especially like just trying to work in an, in an industry where it was obviously male dominated, there wasn't very, I would, it was rare to come in contact with a female in the auto body world. Yeah. I've still never worked with a technician that was a female or a painter. There? 
There's a female? couple. There's one. There's one in Bellingham. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, I say really, like, I don't know, but yeah, it's it really shouldn't weird. surprise me. But at the same time, I'm surprised anyone would want to do, any females would want to do that. Yeah. And, I'm surprised um, any guys want to do it, to be honest. Really, so yeah. I, it's a, uh, it's a weird industry. industry. Like, it's a weird, there's a weird dynamic of egos and it's stressful and almost unnecessarily. It's just like the industry itself perpetuates this stress on everything that doesn't really need to be there. Well, it's all scam. It's all a scam because it's all insurance company stuff. It's it's big. But what I'm getting at here is then me going to work and proving myself and trying to find fulfillment in that. I was. I was trying to find fulfillment in that. And working for someone else's business can only be fulfilling to a point. Yeah. You know? 100%. Right. And it's, it's just, that's just the way it is. And so... Um, when I went back to work after having our first son, I was going to do it part-time. And then it quickly bumped up to full-time. And then it was quickly overtime. And it was more and more responsibilities just because that's my personality. If I walk into a place and I see that something's lacking, then I just kind of want to take over that, pick up that slack. Yep. And um, it was like all of a sudden I was way back in it again. And um, I feel like, yeah, cutting that off has made me look at things so much differently again this time it's like i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this but it's like when you're the way you approach your job is and you haven't always even at that place yeah. like because oh, yeah. you've come and gone from from there over, and I've worked there on and off for over 20 years and you've done more uh important jobs you know i used to do the freaking books yeah, and no, I mean like outside of that building, you've done more important. Oh things, yeah, and right? I've been like managers of places and done, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. other things you've done, but really like once you realize that the most important job that you can be doing is at your house, mm -hmm. raising your kids, uh, with your wife or your husband, taking care of your family and your property and you know whatever that means, then then if you can not emotionally attach yourself to that place you go to work and, and you just use that as a tool another tool like i need the matrix dollars like you say mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do these things that need to be done and i'm gonna do them really well yeah because that's that's you that's your integrity and your morals your values that's yeah. that's you so you go and you do it really well you take those dollars and you leave but you don't let them take any of your Loosh. Your soul, your energy, whatever. You say loosh. I don't know why I don't like that word. I, I don't like the word. way it That's comes off I, my mouth. I, it I, seems gross. I, I, I'm disgusted by that <laughs> word, so I use it all the time now. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, thanks, Sam Tripoli. I don't know. It's Yeah, totally. That's where I heard it the first time, too. Um, but uh, I just, uh, I think that, that there's a lot to be said. If you can get to that point where you can do that. And I think a lot of people can do that for a time at a place, but then it'll kind of get to you. Yeah. And are, you, are you talking about me right now? <laughs> no, but it's true because it does. But then if you can, you can be aware of it and talk through it and like pull back, take a vacation if you need to mm -hmm. and get back to that space where I'm just going to make things and leave with mm -hmm. a paycheck. And, you know, not that you hate anyone, not that you're angry when you're there, not that anything else. No. This is my opportunity to listen to podcasts. This is my, you know. This is my place to go and have fun. And like at first when I went back to work, it was like that. This is my, my I can be social. I get a break from my kid. Like mm -hmm. I get to talk to people and help people. I really liked that aspect when I was estimating of like somebody's scared, their car's damaged and they still owe a bunch of money on it. What do they do? Hey, guess what? You came to the right place. I know how to do all this stuff and I'm not worried about it. Just let me take it off your, 
your hands and handle it. And, oh, thank you so much. People would be so happy. And that felt good. But then there's the little things that you can't see when you first start at a place that's just kind of will start to bug you how things are managed or they're not done correctly or you can see improvements in places people don't want to change you know employees that get kept just because they've been there a long time and they don't do their jobs like Mm -hmm. all those things that can if you're a good worker that can really start to bug you Mm -hmm. and i think the challenge of of working outside your home is not letting that steal your energy because the real meaningful work that you do is after you leave there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm going through right now. Uh, I definitely didn't plan on talking about this, but since you said all that, I, I just, you know, feel like, uh, I feel like giving myself a little self therapy <laughs> and saying that my, that's, you know, you're describing exactly what I'm going through at my matrix job right now of that. Um, there are, by my estimation, one million and three things that uh, are going wrong there. And when I say wrong, I just mean not being done right. You know, it's like management issues and shit like that. And it's just like, like I, I don't get managed. There are, there are managers, but they don't manage me because I, I, I should probably be managing them because I just kind of understand the whole process of things better. And that can be really, really hard when I don't look at that place as my job. Yeah. I look at that place as simply where I go and I buy matrix dollars from them and I pay for it with labor. And um, it, Adam's out of town right now, so we haven't been doing Into the Apocalypse. We kind of recorded ahead for a little bit. And it's been kind of good because I've just been a little too stressed out because of this, this stupid job of mine. And I don't even mean to say stupid. I like the job. Yeah, well, you're really good at the work and the hours are flexible. You have a key and you could come and go whenever you want to. It's like pretty ideal for our situation. It's it's absolutely ideal. But I just, uh, for, for, the, for the last week or two, it has just been, I'm coming home and I'm drained from this thing that doesn't matter to me. And then it drains me a little bit more than it even would at that point because I'm, I guess I could say stressed. I don't think stress is the right word. But maybe stewing about it a little I'm bit. I'm stewing about it. Like I want to vent about it, but then I'm like, no, because if I vent about it, then I'm continuing that energy. So I need to not vent about it, but then it bottles up and then, uh, you know. Yeah. So it's like this weird balance that I'm just kind of. Like I'm pretty close to being done with it now. It's yeah. just like a little little passing phase that I've gone through, and it just happened to line up well that I've been able to have some, uh, I guess you could say, no brainer evenings where I've just you know I've gone to bed early basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm sleeping a little bit more, and I'm I'm just I don't know I'm not I haven't engaged in as many after work conversations as right. I normally do. And it's just been kind of, kind of, a, well, maybe it's not been good. Maybe that's why it's been, it's because I haven't been engaged as much in the evening. Oh. So, you know. Well, you know, maybe it would have passed faster if you were talking about things that you're interested in, things yeah. that you're passionate about. Yeah. And we've had some shitty weather to, to be with it too. So we've felt kind of stuck, not, not continuing some of the things outside that we've wanted to do. Yeah, sure. I've had a couple moments where I really want to get a project done, but the weather's just not complying to make that yeah a thing to do right now but you know i think i'm on the i think i'm swinging out of that oh i think this, so, yeah. this little therapy session that i just 
put myself into of talking about this out loud uh, is maybe a day late and a dollar short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, which is probably good. Because if we'd done this, say, a week ago, yeah, which we had an interview last week, so so we didn't have a conversation like this. But yeah. if, say if this had come up, I'd probably have a slightly higher heart rate. I'd be, like, maybe getting worked up about things. But I'm not yeah. <laughs> anymore. Like, I, I think about me talking about my job. If that was happening when I was still in that, this conversation I'm having would be totally different. Mm-hmm. My wheels just start spinning spinning about like all these like minute details and everything it's just crazy yeah it's crazy yeah but you know that's why i kind of segued into that on purpose because we talked so much about your job and you sneaking little tidbits into the boys heads um that sounds creepy it sounds super creepy i didn't know what you were saying for half a second there i was like what oh oh yeah those men they're men Mm mm-hmm I know. It's really hard for me to say that, but they are. They're like really nervous, kind of weak, not good at making eye contact, hunched hunched over. Just like, yeah, just really frightened body language. They're all, they're all. So another thing that's gone with that job Mm -hmm. is everyone has been sick over the last month. Uh Oh, can we talk about that or? Yeah, because they can talk about it this time. It's, it's, (laughs) I, I thought like for like, the last two years, anytime you were sick, it was like you had to... We were either was... shutting down the workplace or you were keeping it to yourself. But and now everyone just has a cold. We're allowed to just have colds again? Uh, yep. They're, oh, saying, okay. they're saying a cold. And I'm like, cool, whatever. Uh, isn't it weird how I never get sick here, guys? And some of you have been sick four or five times this year and it's only May. Um, like, maybe maybe there's something to <laughs> something here. <laughs> I don't know, because you all think I'm crazy when I say I I don't eat that shit when you offer mm-hmm. me stuff and y'all eat fucking donuts. When and they think you're crazy when you bring your your, your gallon water bottle with your yeah. well water in it. And I refuse <laughs> to drink the tap water that they're drinking. I looked up their tap water on that EWG site that like um, Matt and Ryan were talking about on uh, Monday Night Master Debaters. And their water is was insane it was like close to 300 times more than the the allowable levels by ewg standards of different tons of different stuff yeah like we looked it up for around here and it was like 27 times more i think that was the highest number we saw for one of them and i'm not sure about any of the stuff that's on there some of those things may or may not be as bad as they say, or maybe worse than they say. Yeah, and we barely looked at that. Like, we're yeah. just scratching the surface. It's, it's just, uh, it was just interesting, that's all. And I I looked up, oh yeah, see, I could be drinking that water. What does that water look like? And I was just blown away at how toxic this readout made it look. Um, yeah, like like 275 times more of slap, the, 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 the acid that's in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of things I'd never even heard of. Cause when we used to live, uh, at the last house, we were on a water association, but the water association used a giant well. And yeah. so yeah, it was basically just a community. Well, it was a community. Well, so, but we, they would have to send us, there was a water association meeting once a year, and then they would send a printout to go over everything in the well. They would do testing once a year. And I would, I think I kept those cause I was like, someday I feel like these might be interesting to us. And I think they are now. I think that's yeah. true. So I should pull that out. Maybe I threw them away. <laughs> so, but um, 
Did they, it would did tell they, you like did they have a readout for snake venom? <laughs> it didn't mention snake venom. No? It was like no lead, lead, arsenic, like other heavy metals and minerals yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So I don't know. We should look at that because uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting for sure. I'm also I really want to test our water. I that do comes too. Comes up out of our ground right I here. Too. I have put on my my blue pill blinders. Um, since we've been out here. Well, it's a well and it's coming out of our ground and it's the same well that your grandpa had for a hundred years. Fucking and it delicious. tastes fucking delicious. It tastes so good compared to this It's the city. best water I've ever had. I agree. And, you know, like, I don't know, every time I think about water stuff, water filters and stuff like that, like I got this like, eh, not me though. Not me and my well. Yeah, we're on a well. But yeah, it's groundwater, and so there's contaminants being sprayed in the sky and raining down from the sky and being sprayed on the crops that are nearby us. We have we have farms in every single direction, not necessarily next door, but in every direction from where we are that are using Roundup. Oh, sure. They're spraying. There's uh, All the time. The majority of the crops around here are berry crops. So mm. we have blueberries and raspberries and, and cornfield, uh, you know, cattle corn. Um, so we have... Uh, feed corn and and then all of those get sprayed all of those are sprayed and then you know if you follow our general thread on chemtrails those being sprayed up out in the sky yeah uh there's an old saying of what goes up must come down and that stuff's gonna hit the earth at some point right yeah it's not gonna flow well, we forever. think i think like but we have this natural um filtration system of sure going through the soil because we've, we're not tilling up constantly and all that other thing so yeah this the the soil and the roots and the rocks and everything here but the watershed or whatever you want to call it the aquifer um underneath us is shared under several properties it's not just like contained here so yes there is a company in town that does testing they have different packages that you can do it's pretty affordable so we should is there, do is that. Is there a way we could do this without hiring a company though? Like No, I mean you keep saying that, but I don't know other than like a pH strip. I've got that and I got to the water hardness testing strips. I just don't want us to have our water tested by a company and them say, Oh, these are high toxin levels. We have to report this. Yeah. And then have someone knocking on our door saying, We have to stop your well and you So I looked into this a year ago and that's literally why we haven't done it yet. It's because yeah. I just got to are they gonna share this with anyone? Maybe I prefer the blue pill. Yeah. I don't know. I don't so prefer the blue pill. Really what we should do is continue, which I am doing now, is because one of the last Skillshares we had at the, um, like, whatever, Freedom Cell kind of thing that I'm a part of, um, he talked a lot about what he does for uh, water filters and structured water. Magnets and fucking shit spinning the water around and yeah restructuring water that's interesting to yeah. me so i, I want to i think if we're going to do anything then we just get like a reverse osmosis filter or um or a distiller and we start doing that even though we think we have good water but you know i've always said i don't think those things are the answer like and i know i'm, I'm hearing a lot a lot of people are talking about water right now obviously that's why i'm thinking about it um you know, I don't know. I I don't think that those are the answer either. It's, the answer is to stop with the poisons, everybody. <laughs> stop, Just stop poisoning. Just uh, stop. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. That, exploring it, if it's not too much money, and then trying something different and seeing how you feel. Because that's, 
like diet and everything else that I've ever done, that's always been what I say. People yeah. say, oh, do fermented foods make you healthy? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they make you. I know they made me feel better. Yeah. I know that they seem to make my son's allergies better. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try them and see how you feel? And pay attention, you know, do an ex- that experiment of one is always the best experiment. Mm-hmm. And so maybe trying distilled water is a good idea, but not bought from the store where we have to trust somebody, I but getting a machine and understanding it, the process and choosing a, a machine based on that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about a lot of things <laughs> about uh-huh. water. Like the, I just was listening to a crow episode about it and they talk about those copper pipes with the like swirly part inside. Yeah. I was going to say me and my friends built a still when we were young. Well, I, I could probably do that again. We'd just have a still on our freaking stove. Just yeah. a permanent one there. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's, it's doable. Yeah. So there's a lot of options. So I'm just like I do. It'd be pretty funny though. People walk in, they're like, oh, you guys making moonshine? It's like, no, we're just purifying our water. Purifying our water. It's the best moonshine. (laughs) Stupid. Well, we really were all over the place, but that's not unusual. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I I did want to mention, we just um, were honored to be the first guest on a new podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about, uh, about, uh, I'm missing the name. What was the name? It was, uh, Uh, it's You're Missing the Point, but it's not missing. It's missing, M-I-S-S-E-N, which is a play on the fella's last name. This is Drew Missing from Australia. Yep. Down under. Under. It's Australian for podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, missing the point. It's Australian for podcast. So he was on Deborah Gets Red Pilled or Into the Apocalypse. Yep. Um, talking about Australian cryptids not too long ago. Yeah, it was an awesome conversation. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's like good at talking. And he did a great job hosting for his first time. There was some technical difficulties with the... Uh, you know, the, the zoom and recording and everything. I helped him out a little on that, but as far as hosting, like he was, he did a great job. He killed it. He's if, if he's continues doing this, all he has to do is continue doing it. And he, he, he already has the voice for sure. Yeah. And I did, um, very successful hang in there for the whole thing. You go, you can find him. So he's on, he's posted it on Podbean. So your Y O U apostrophe R E missing M I S S E N the point, um, is on Podbean. And you can grab his RSS feed and just put that into whatever player you listen to. But um, we're the only uh, episode, episode now. But I think I'm going to ask him if we can release it on here too. But I'll wait a little bit for that. So Yeah, it was a, it was a good conversation. Um, I, I hope that you all check it out on his feed. But I, if, I would like to post it here too. I think so too. Because so to much it. of what we talked about is what we like to talk about on this. Yeah, he um, had a lot of good questions for us about... Raising kids, homeschooling, homesteading, uh, yeah, family, opting out, general opt out, yeah, <laughs> kind marriage, of stuff. just really cool, cool dude. Um, and I think if you listen long enough, then you'll get to hear. I asked him if he could do an American accent. So if you've always wanted to hear an Australian dude do an American accent, you can just wait. Yeah. Until, towards if the you end. want to hear an American dude do one, just rewind this just a little <laughs> bit. And we say down and down. <laughs> Melbourne. I should have I should have said this stuff to him. There's like only a few words that I can do. Like it's like Melbourne we say. It's like Melbourne mm-hmm. or Australia mm-hmm. instead of Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's um it's funny to me because I thought they said Australia. Australia. Don't they do that? They er, kind of the er sound er. at the end of some stuff, yeah. 
Um, I, I remember I my Australian Aus- guys say Nasser. My Australian friend always used to say that I was legend. It was like a cool dude thing to say. Yeah. That I was legend. Hella I was like, legend. <laughs> no one said no, hella. No, no, no one no, said no, hella. No hella. But then I always remember the uh, Fosters, Australian for beer. <laughs> Those commercials. <laughs> what was it? Oh, yeah, Dumper. Oh. Isn't that what your friend... You had a good Australian friend. Oh, yeah. Like when we first met. Mm-hmm. And didn't she call butts dumpers? I don't know, but she... So, Rotor-Rooter, I don't know if that's a national company, but Rotor-Rooter is a company that helps you if you got a clogged drain. It's like a plumbing company. Yeah. And Septic stuff specifically, isn't it? Uh, I don't is know. It all? Yeah, it's probably... Whatever. But I know that if you need someone to snake your drain, that's that. Yeah. And that's... I hope you can do that yourself, but if you need someone. If you need someone to. Okay. So, she thought that was so funny because Rooter was fuck. Like saying oh, fuck, like she, getting yeah, rooted. That was before I knew you or whatever, but you yeah. told me about so that. Yeah, so she thought it was really funny, like rotor, you know, fuck. Like Ro- there was a couple things fuck. like that. <laughs> and then she also thought, um, like she would also like, like, like trolleys. She would call um, like the uh, like shopping carts would be like shopping buggies or shopping trolleys or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah. I always thought that was really funny. Then of course there's uh, my favorite Australian. Uh, <gasps> word i can't believe i didn't bring this up with him when we were on the show i almost did at one point but i it was inappropriate i'm afraid that he'll shoot it down and be like no one's ever called a weed whacker a whipper snipper in australia <laughs> i think i've brought it that up on a podcast before you, it did come up because when, when we had me, adam. Me and adam talked about um my custom uh the b- bush uh, whipper snipper head is what they call it the brush destructor, brush destructor yeah that's a great custom thing. made uh, handmade in Australia from a retired guy who's super anti-vaccine and that's pretty rad. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Like I, I, I was doing business with him before all this shit and I was, I was going to help Adam look at this thing and I ended up on his website again and he's, he's all about like read, 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 read all this shit that I have to before say I'm before I'm going to let you, like, I'm it. not just going to fucking make you one of these things and send it to you wherever the fuck you are. I want to make sure you, you know what you're getting, you know you, what you're you getting need into. This. Yeah. And, uh, and all of that reading stuff included, like, I'm not selling this to you if you're vaccinated, like you need to, you need to fucking know that. I think that you're fucking dead. You're dead if you've taken that thing. Oh <laughs> you know, and I'm not selling this to anyone just to fucking die. Like, I'm retired and I work hard on these things and I'm not doing this for He's someone hardcore. who has so so little respect. We should get a hold of him and get him on some podcast. Oh shit, I wonder if he would. Yeah. I don't know. I've never I mean he makes videos and stuff, but he doesn't even talk in them. Yeah. Uh, it's always just, it's just- about his amazing he just, equipment. It's, it's, yeah, he just like shows like different whippersnippers that he like removes the head and like replaces it, and you know it's just no no spoken. But whippersnipper, that's we'll Whip, leave you with that. Snipper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop really with the bad. accents. <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah, Melbourne. Okay. Um, do you remember that show that was when we were a kid that ha- was like some girl that could talk to like these koala bears that like would live in a eucalyptus tree outside of her house. Maybe they were stuffed animals sometimes and then they came to life. No. One was pink and one was blue. No. Man, that if anyone not ring a bell at all. That was just really weird. I was obsessed with Australia when I was a kid because I would lose my father to that country for six months at a time when I was really And you young. have so many Australian brothers and sisters. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up again. Yeah. 
Yeah, because, uh, you know, there was always talk of that we were going to move there because um, the type of racing my dad did was so popular there. Mm-hmm. And he would just go for a long time and come back. And uh, this show, I wonder what that was. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, that does not even begin to Magical quality. The, they would, like, give each other kisses when, like, what is that called? When you rub your nose Eskimo? on... Eskimo? Eskimo kisses. Yeah. And that's how it would come to life. I'm pretty sure that's racist to say now. <laughs> Those bears would come to life from the Eskimo kisses. Yeah. So that's a that's a weird combination. Eskimo, northern koala bears, eucalyptus trees. This is really northern on this this side of the globe. You know, picture that globe. It's yeah. like oh yeah, north on this side or south on that side. Yeah, that's, really tying it together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they're closer than we think they are. Weird propaganda. Anyway, we are. Out of time here, folks. We've got children to wrangle back into the house mm-hmm. and dinner to make. I'm chickens looking, to milk. Milk those chickens, babe. Is that <laughs> what you say when you just go in the closet and jerk off? I got to milk the chickens. Yeah, people got on to, caught on to choking the chicken. Yeah, no, you milk. milking the chicken. <laughs> that was fucking disgusting. All, All right. right. Well, you're welcome for that. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Yeah. Check out missing the point. You're, you're missing the point. Missing. <laughs> check missing. out. Let's say that again. Check out you're missing the point with Drew missing and our episode. And we will have another episode of feed the beauty coming up. That's on the false reality check feed. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to our episodes called feed the beauty on the false reality check feed or on Rockfin. Uh, go check that out as well. And we have more cool people coming on the show and we've got another guest spot that I'm really excited about, but I don't want to, to mention yet. Yeah. We'll keep that under our hat. Yeah. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. This is the world as it is today. Peace.